Call to the booth. Akeem Tlaib here. It's draft day, man. I'll never forget my draft day. I'm super excited for y'all boys, man. But today, we're going to lock in on some of these defensive players, and I'm going to give you my final top 10. Paul, do what you do. Tuning into our draft preview, this is Harrison Sanford. That's to keep to leave. You know what time it is. It's called to the booth. Make sure you come back next week. We're going to recap the NFL draft and all the things that happened. The movers, shakers, grades, all that good stuff. And with that being said, Akeem, as we're looking into the draft, you know how it goes this time of year, uh, especially coming closer to the draft itself with today being draft day. We are hearing all these things about Justin Fields. He's rising. He's falling. People are concerned. Uh, does it remind you of any like draft rumors that you used to hear about guys you ended up working with or guys that you might have played with uh, that had to go through the, the ups and downs of getting excited and not knowing where they're going to go eventually when the, the team selects them? Well, shit, I, I, was, I ain't really pay attention to nobody else. I, I heard him about myself. You know what I'm saying? I, I thought I was supposed to be the first corner off the board, man. The numbers I put up, right? But, uh, you know, you hear stuff, you hear, you talk to teams, man. They tell you one thing, they do another. So you never know, man. Uh, Justin Fields shouldn't listen to none of that shit. Because the last thing I heard was the Patriots trying to trade up to come get him. So who knows how true that is? It's just the media, man. That's, that's, that's what time it is. Time of the year. That's what we do at this time. Yeah, it's, it's send out a leak season. That's for sure. There's leaks exactly. everywhere. Uh, uh, before we uh, talk about more of the draft, I did want to get your thoughts on uh, something that Tom Brady was upset about. Uh, most recently, we saw some news with the NFL kind of changing the jersey number rules. So, like, if you were a mm -hmm. DB now, you wouldn't... Yeah. I know you you modern, you patterned your game where you looked up to Deion Sanders, so I understand why you wanted 21. But nowadays, yeah. you could be all the way up to number 48, 49. Quarterbacks could be... Uh, quarterback numbers are changing. Running backs could be in the 80s to 89 now. Uh, what were your thoughts when you when you saw the jersey number switch? And did you did you think like, damn, I might have wanted to switch it up a little bit? Yeah, I thought it was dope, man. I thought the the rule was stupid in the first place, man. Like, why we got like number restrictions? I should be able to wear whatever number I want. Just like we got sock restrictions and need like we got all kind of restrictions, man, for no reason in my opinion. So I don't know. I didn't really understand what Tom was saying, like about you know blockers and I don't know. It's they got a different color jersey on, so you know what I'm saying they're in a certain spot. You know, you know who blocking them. I don't think, I don't think guys really go off what number he got on. To that's who I'm a block. I'm a block number 58, and if it's not 58, I'm not gonna make my block. Or I don't know. I ain't really get that when Tom said that. But uh, I thought it was dope, man. And, and if I would have still been playing, would have had these rules. I probably would have never changed from three. So I really wore 21 because I couldn't wear three. And because Dion wore 21, and because two plus one is three. So shit, there I goes. kept three on. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> there it goes. Uh, all right, let's uh, move over to uh, another thing that happened last week, but it's going to impact the draft today. Uh, we're looking at a trade here that happened between the Kansas City Chiefs and the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs, after having some uh, roster turnover when it comes to offensive line, they already got Joe Thune this offseason. Uh, now they picked up Orlando Brown Jr. and a second-round pick. It's a trade they did with the Baltimore Ravens, which is just odd in itself. Uh, Baltimore ends up getting a first-round pick, a third-round pick, and a fourth-rounder, and I believe a fifth-round pick next year. Um, two rivals trading with each other. What, what were your thoughts on it? 
Uh, I thought it was cool. I thought uh, the Ravens, you know, they came up on a, a, a late round pick. I think they got two first round picks now, two late round picks. They that's pretty good for them. And the Chiefs, they trade they thirty first pick for Orlando Brown, and they get a second round pick. So I think they came out pretty good, man. So you you know you lose some fourth round picks and some fifth round picks later on. But I think with a with a roster like the Chiefs, if you could trade your first round pick, get Orlando Brown. And also add you another second round pick. So now we got two second round picks. You can get two good players right there. They already got a, a maxed out roster, man. They should be able to do what they need to do with just those picks alone. So I think they're in good shape. If you were, let's say, let's go back to your no fly zone Broncos. And let's say you're the right. GM instead, right? And not uh, somebody who played on the team. You're the GM. Right. And Pittsburgh Steelers call you on line one. Or uh, the Patriots call you on line one. Are you... Are you really taking that call? Like, I I have to feel there's a level of hesitancy to even deal with a team that you feel is in your realm when it comes to like trading pieces back and forth. Yeah, I I I would. I feel like I have to go for the swindle. Yeah, I I think you got to take all calls, but I mean, I'm probably less likely to make a deal with you know somebody in my division, and then you know. In the AFC, I'm probably a little bit less likely than NFC is everything goes. So, you know, I'm trying to I'm a, if if I'm gonna ship a good player away from my team, I'm probably gonna try to ship him to the other conference. That's that's just me. Oh, this is Tyron Matthew, and you know I had to make the call to the boot. Akeem, you said that uh you thought you were gonna be the first DB in the draft. I know you probably remember specifically who was taken before you in what slots, I would assume. Definitely. Uh, Leotis McKelvin, number 11. And Dominique Rogers Camardi, number 16, I believe. Do you remember the first time you interacted with them after the draft? Uh, I don't. It probably was on the field. I know I had met them guys on like the, you know, we take visits to all the teams. So damn near every, every visit I went on, it was all three of us really. So we was going city to city for, the, you know, seven to eight weeks with each other so we was chilling before the draft i can't really remember after the draft though do you remember do you have an inkling as to why they were taking over you hell yeah them boys came out blazing this went look look harrison this went four threes was like you know just getting started and them boys came out drc i remember ran four three six or something crazy and he was six one and a half six two you know 185 he had one of those taller corners too and then Leotis, he already had the return and return ability. He had a good a good senior year at school, and then he ran a super fast four three two four three nine four three eight or something crazy. So once they ran them four threes, man, it's it's, it's they make you the, the bell start ringing. Look four yeah. two nine. I think look Paul say DRC four two nine. Look crazy. You run four twos, man. You in there? That's that's it. Uh, okay. Um, so now let me ask let me also ask you one more question. Um, so we're going to go through some names that we're going to, that Roger Goodell is going to have to, uh, say during the draft. And I know right. he's probably in the lab right now, getting these names down. Uh, I wonder, and you, I know you've gone through it and I've gone through it too. What is the worst that you've heard your name butchered? <laughs> <laughs> probably, uh, uh, I know Michael I Irvin when has I hear a hard the... time from time to time. I, I hear, I hate when I hear the. The uh, Akup, like, come on, man, it can't be. I could, I could see if they say 
a quib because rib with the Q, I be a quib. Like, ah, right, that's acceptable. But they say Akup. Like, I get a lot of Akup. Like, I'm like, what the fuck is that? But, and then uh, my last name, look, it kind of stuck. When I first got to Dallas, the teacher called me Taylib for like half of the school year. You know what I'm saying? And everybody from the neighborhood, they started calling me Taylib. So that, I, she butchered it, but I like it. Yeah, you gotta let it run. Did did yeah. Roger get it right? I think Roger, I think Roger got it straight. I can't really remember, but you know, I think he got it straight. He said it pretty cool. Okay. Yeah, I get it sometimes too. People call me, uh, they'll call me Sanford Harrison or they'll call me Harrison Ford. I'm like, Harrison Ford already got it. Harrison hey, Ford already got I remember the first that. two weeks. I remember our first two weeks. I couldn't stop saying Harrison Ford. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah. For real. Oh, goodness. Yes, indeed. All right. So with that being said, uh, let's have some fun with some defensive guys uh, in this draft who are definitely going to make Roger Goodell uh, get a little bit of practice. So we're going to start with uh, the defensive lineman out of Washington. Uh, I think Paul has it here in our our chat. Do you want to take a stab at our friend that's, Levi? That's an easy one. Levi Unwuzerik. Unzerike, I believe it is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> I got the pronunciations in front of me, so it's Unzerike. Unzerike. Oh, yeah. Unzerike, sorry, yeah. Levi Onzerike. Good luck to him. If he, and you know how this goes to keep when he puts once he starts putting in work, everybody yeah. gonna know how to pronounce. Everybody his name. gonna they know go. how to say it. That's 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 what you gotta do. There you go. All right. Uh, there is a, a second and third round projected pick coming out of USC. First name Marlin. I'll let you take a stab at the sec at the last name. Marlin. Tupulotu. 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 <laughs> yeah, that, that was a good stab. Uh, Tupulotu. Yeah. Tupulotu. Yeah. Do your thing, oh, yeah, young Trojan, yeah. please. Yeah. Yes, sir. Uh, we're gonna stay. We're gonna stay in California now. We'll go to UCLA. A projected fourth. Uh, projected fourth round pick. Osa is the first name. I'll let you take a stab at this at the last. <laughs> Osa. Odig Osa You almost had it. You almost had Odigizua. Odigizua. Yep. There we go. Okay. All right. So that was that was that wasn't bad. But they're not totally butchered. All right. We'll go down to linebacker. Not have been close. Yeah. It's not bad. Yeah. And and truthfully, honestly, when Roger Goodell says your name, you're probably not even paying attention to the actual name itself. You're just so lit. You got to go back. You're gonna have to go back and listen to how he said it. Like you don't hear that the next day. Exactly. All right, let's go to the linebacker out of Notre Dame, first round pick, first round projected pick at least, Jeremiah. Owusa. Koromoa. Owusa Koromoa. Ooh, okay. Excuse me. Yeah, that's it. Jeremiah Awusa Koromoa. Yeah. yeah, there you go. Yes, sir. Let's go. <laughs> Awusa Koromoa. There we go. All right. Let's go. Uh, uh, this dude, uh, projected late round pick, uh, first name Fire, Amen. Just gotta, gotta run with that. Good for him. Out of Oklahoma State. First name Amen. I'll let you take a stab at the last name. Amen. Agbanjabimiga. <laughs> Abanja Bemiga. 
Obanga, Jamaica. Right. Obanga, Jamaica. Yeah, I think that's it. I think yeah, that, I'm that, on that, it. Yeah, yeah see, <laughs> there you go. All right, two more, and two more. Then we'll actually talk about. Uh, we'll break down uh, one player specifically on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, the edge rusher, projected first round pick. I think this. You might know this one. First round pick out of Georgia, Aziz. Ajilari. There you Aziz go. Aziz Ajilari. Give me something that you like about his game. Uh, good size, man. Good long, long arms too. That's what I remember about him, man. He he got them long arms and he using them too. He been in corners, and he causing fumbles, man. He 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 using them arms to to make plays. So good at the line with them hands, good hands, and and them long arms is making plays for sure. Okay, and our and our last one, third round pick, a projected third round pick. I, oh, you never know how it breaks down. Projected third round pick out of Vanderbilt. Deo is his first name. I'll let you take a stab at the last. Deo Adeyingbo. <laughs> Adeyingbo. Uh, uh, Odangbo. Odang, Odangbo. Okay. I, I guess the... That. I can see Odangbo yeah. in that. You know what I'm saying? You know, it's, it, you don't know where... And nobody knows where the where the, uh, where the letters are silent or not. So I catch people off guard. But uh, oh, look, I'm Deo, pronouncing all... I'm pronouncing all of them, Harrison. Yeah. <laughs> Every letter I see, <laughs> I'm pronouncing <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness! Uh, good, yeah, but as I said, good luck to all those guys. Uh, and again, uh, it's kind of—it's almost just like Giannis Antetokounmpo in the NBA. You put right. in that work, you're going. Hey, you yeah, better get know the, how to say it. Yeah, everybody going to have to know how to pronounce it. They're going to make sure. Um, okay, all right, cool. Before we uh, go to your final mock draft, uh, I when Paul and I were looking over a couple of mock drafts ourselves, we were like, hold on, wait a second here. Quarterback here, defensive back here, wide receiver here, defensive lineman here and there maybe. Uh, but it really showed that there's a uh, an absence this year of pass rushers. Feels like almost every draft there's like one or two dudes that you're like, I'm gonna take this guy over a quarterback because pass rushers right. are so important. When you looked at this field, is it is it evident to you that pass rushers, an elite pass rusher, really isn't there and 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 what do you think is going through general managers' teams right now? Because you know pass rushers are are too important, and so to not have an elite one, it would seem in the draft would kind of just seem disappointing for a lot of front offices. Yeah, I think it's just it's just that year. Uh, I don't see one who just jump off the tape as like a no. Who we had last year, Chase Young. It ain't no Chase Young in this draft. I don't think it's nobody. No Von Millers. It ain't. It ain't one of those top ten picks, I don't think. But uh, it's a lot of guys who you know who could be good players, though. I don't know if they top ten picks, but it's some first round picks in there, man. Quitty Pay, like you said. Uh, so uh, that's just how I go, man. It's so it's so many quarterbacks. It's this the year of the quarterbacks. It's some cornerbacks. It's some other positions that it, that's that's got a lot of depth in it. So it, the draft change every year, man. It's just. That's this year is not an edge rusher who's who's really like a top fifteen pick in my opinion. And the last thing I would assume you want to do if you're running a team is mess around and just overdraft. Like there has to be a balance, even if you need a pass rusher. Like there has to be a balance between not giving up your draft capital for a guy just because he's the best pass rusher doesn't right. mean he's worth that draft position. I would assume. Exactly. I mean, some picks, I mean, once you start getting into them 20s and stuff like that, you, you draft what you need. I think in them top 15 picks, though, I think you just draft the player, man. It, I might already have a player at this position, but 
this guy going to be one of those 10-year starters, the generational kind of guys in these top 15, 12, 15 picks. Sometimes you just got to take the player, man. You can't pass on him just because you know what type of player he going to be. So, mm, but that I, I do want to get in with that. I do want to get to your mock draft, uh, but I do want to identify one player who is projected to potentially be in the top 10, maybe the only defensive player in the top 10 um, outside of maybe the, one of the DBs, Micah Parsons, uh, who I believe when we did our original mock draft, you had him going to the Denver Broncos. Yeah. Um, we'll save where you think where he might go for the next segment. But can you break down what you like from his game? Man, first of all, his size, man. He 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 plays like he's one of the hybrid 230, 230-pound linebackers. But he's not. He's one of the big linebackers, 250-pound, one of the big linebackers out here, man. So he, he plays so fast sideline to sideline. You can see it on his pro day how how – you can see how it translate, man, what he did on the pro day. You can see how that translates to the tape. And then he could do everything. He could cover for you. He could play zone and come up and tackle for you. And he could rush off the edge. He could rush the passer and blitz for you, too. So he's the all-around linebacker. He probably going to be the DMVP because, I mean, he he he's war ready right now. So I don't know. I just seen him. I see how they come out of college, man. I see how they look. If he can stay healthy. Whoever get their hands on him, it don't matter if you a man team, a zone team, he one of those guys, it don't matter what you do. You just get him, and he going to make plays for you. Probably going to be the DMVP. Ooh, I like that. I mean, rookie, that rookie be- of the year. Not DMVP, rookie of the year, defensive rookie of the year. Call to the Booth is excited to announce our partnership with Blue Wire Podcast Network. You can catch all this dope content all offseason and in season. Follow us on social media at Call to the Booth. Heads up before you listen to this top 10 mock draft. This was recorded before the Broncos traded for Teddy Bridgewater with the Carolina Panthers for their sixth round pick. Will that influence the Broncos' decision-making with the number nine pick? I guess we will all see. But Akeem does break down his thoughts on Trey Lance and other picks in this draft. Hope you enjoy. All right, let's go through your top 10 picks in the NFL draft. I think we all know what number one is. Still got Trevor Lawrence to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yes, sir. All right, number two, Zach Wilson to the Jets, I assume, still? Still got Zach Wilson to the Jets, number two. Number three, you're still another quarterback. You're going Mac Jones to the San Francisco 49ers. Yeah, I'm going to stick with Mac Jones, uh, number three, I think, after the couple pro days, man. I, don't, I, I think just it improved even more for San Fran, man. They just keep on hearing. They get to study, see how smart he is, man. They get to see that accuracy. See that bouncing that 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 it factor, man. Guys, guys are attracted to him, so I think they stay with that pick, Mac Jones. Prediction: Jimmy Garoppolo finishes the season with the San Francisco 49ers. I think he do. I think I'm saying we paying all this attention about this draft pick, and I think Mac Jones gonna get there and sit on the bench all year and just learn. I think uh, Garoppolo be healthy this season, and we see San Fran making some noise again. So we're hearing some smoke screens coming out of the Atlanta Falcons. We're not sure what exactly they're going to do on the def- uh, on the offensive side of the ball, or rather yet with their fourth pick in the draft. We're hearing some rumors about Julio Jones potentially being traded. Uh, one, do you think they make a trade, and what do you think they do with that fourth pick? Well, I heard it. I heard it was like you know they take a huge cap hit or some some stuff like that. You know how that, I think they save eighteen million. They would save eighteen million dollars if they were able to trade Julio Jones. But it's like they can't do it until like June or something. They can't it's do something it weird. June. Yep. Yeah, it's something weird. So I don't know. I, if it's the way they can trade him now and have it set up to we get draft picks now, 
and and we still could move Julio. I, it it may happen. I think it. I think it's a chance it could happen because you know, Julio been hurt for them guys. He been hurt for them guys, but uh. They got to kind of look and start to look at their future, man. Guys, Matt Ryan, 36, you know what I'm saying, or a B36 or whatever. Julio, he's not a baby no more. So they got they got a, they got a number one receiver. Calvin really could easily be the number one receiver. So I think it's on the table. It's a, if, if, if it's a rumor, it's it's a little bit of truth to that rumor, man. So I think, I think it's on the table for a reason. If Julio Jones ends up not being with the Atlanta Falcons, which team should go the hardest to get him to put him in their wide receiver core? Oh, I don't know, but I I don't really think it's it's about which team uh, uh, trying to go get him. It's about what the Falcons want to do. So I think if the Falcons could get another high pick, twenty or lower, if they can if they can get a first round pick, twenty or down, I think it'd be perfect for them. They'll be able to take Justin Fields for the future, still have a nice top twenty pick. You know what I'm saying to to make their roster better right now. I think I think it'll work out for him, man. They they they'll be trying to get one of these wide outs. They'll be trying to get Waddle or Smith or something like that to replace Julio. So they need like a somebody from 15 down or something like that. Mm, a, a Justin Fields, Calvin Ridley, and extra draft picks is a is a nice little quick reboot potentially. Yeah, it is. In Atlanta yeah, for it sure. Is. At least right, for the well, future, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, so let's go to number five. I think in our in our in our initial mock draft, you had Kyle Pitts going to number five to the Bengals. You explain why? Still staying there? Still staying with Kyle Pitts at number five. Getting some protection for uh, Tua Tunga Valoa. You see, hold on. You see, he he was nice enough. They were almost a playoff team to the point now. Nobody saying Tua. We knew how to pronounce his name. Like exactly. <laughs> Tunga Valoa is easy. It's easy yeah, now. It's easy you now. Know <laughs> but exactly. yeah, definitely Dolphins. Dolphins uh add Panay Suel. Crank up that old line, man. It's gonna crank up that run game, and uh, they're gonna be a better team because of it. Uh, number seven, we're gonna get some help for your uh, for Jared Goff with uh, Jamar Chase. Definitely, definitely, Chase still uh, first receiver off the board, still going to uh, Detroit. And then you're going for then what do you got for number eight with the Carolina Panthers? Rashawn Slater. They still gonna go O line, man. They gonna they gonna ride with Darnold. Uh, got a good backup, Bridgewater. I think that's how it's going to play out. But uh, they got some wide outs, man. They got a run game and add some dogs on this O-line to really, you know, give him the opportunity to succeed. That's what everybody say he ain't have, right? So they're going to give him the best opportunity to succeed. They got weapons. They got weapons around him. They need a tight end, too. But uh, I think they might have added Cook. But uh, they definitely need to add, add to that O-line, and uh, it'll take them to the next level. Yeah, the clock is now. The clock is on for Sam Darnold now because he's definitely gotten on. out of that. Yeah, he's gotten gotten out of that mess. Now he got the longest where, longest clock in the world. <laughs> All right. Uh, now here's where things got a little bit interesting for you uh, compared to our first your first mock draft. Who do you have at number nine? Because originally you had the Denver Broncos going defense with Parsons, but that, that's yeah. changed. That's changed, man. You know, you you study a little bit more. And, and I think they go Trey Lance. They ain't sold that quarterback. They shopping around that quarterback. And uh, I think I think just from talking to talking to some guys around, you know, who 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 study these quarterbacks, man. Some of the gurus, so to speak. That that, that Trey Lance, he got something about him, man. Where he get in the room, teams, guys, everybody is he the most likable guy, and and he get guys to run through walls for him, and you know, 
He just know how to treat people. He know how to run the building. So I think I think John Elway, he'll feel that vibe. He'll feel that vibe from him. And uh, they going to try to just at least see. You don't got nothing to lose. You got a good defense. You got good weapons right now. I think quarterback is the only spot that they really need to focus on. So you got the number nine pick, man. You might as well go for quarterback. And I think it's going to be a good move for him. He's probably going to start the season for him. So originally in your first mock draft, you had uh, the Cowboys taking Patrick Sertain uh, with their pick, their 10th pick. It's the 10th pick overall in the draft. But watching some tape, I believe there's a change. It is a change. Uh, I don't think they go corner, man. I think once Dan Quinn break down this film from last year, uh, I think he's going to love Trey Diggs, man. I think he's going to watch the tape. He's going to see his size. He's going to see the plays he made. He missed time with a foot injury. He's going to see how he played before the end. And I think he's going to feel like he already got a number one corner. He already got a number two corner, Anthony Brown. So I don't think they go corner, man. I know it's a lot of corner talk. I don't think the Cowboys go corner. I do think they go defense, and I think they need an edge rusher. They need another edge rusher. They need another linebacker, man, who could cover and do some things for them. So I think they check both boxes, uh, and they go Michael Parsons, man. They, they plug him in at one of these linebackers, man. They let him blitz off the edge, make some plays for him. He able to cover tight ends for him. And uh, I think I think he come in and he be the, the defensive rookie of the year for the Cowboys. Who do you have as offensive rookie of the year? Oh, offensive rookie of the year. I think – uh, uh, Trevor Lawrence, man, he gonna come in. He just gonna run the show. He gonna win. They gonna win eight plus games. He gonna play good enough to win uh, offensive rookie of the year. Ooh. Uh. Okay. Hold on. You got them winning eight plus games. Yeah. That is the AFC South, which has now uh, Carson Wentz uh, over with the Indianapolis Colts. We don't know. We have no idea what's going on in Houston. Uh, and then you got the Tennessee Titans. Uh, bring it back for the most part. Everybody, Jadavian Clowney, obviously now with the Cleveland Browns. Give me one to four in that division. One to four in that division. I'm gonna go. If you got the Jaguars getting eight. Yeah, I'm gonna go. Colts one. Uh, Titans two. Colts get over the hump, win the division this year at one. Titans two. Uh. Uh, Jags three, like eight and nine or something. That's still not that good, but I mean, you know, yeah. it's a little bit, a little bit under five hundred, eight and nine or something like that. And I then, can get it. Seventeen then, games now. And then the Texans. <laughs> Texans, it's a mess over there. We don't know what's going on with the Texans. They'll be the worst team in the division this year. That is a little preview of what we're going to do in the coming weeks here on Call to the Booth. Uh, coming back next week, we will do uh, a draft recap, and then we'll start giving a, a look ahead to most of the divisions, division by division, division breakdown in the NFL. And another thing that we do here in Call to the Booth, and for people who are just uh, getting familiar with what we're doing here now that we're a part of the Blue Wire Network, is we touch on fantasy football, which we'll do, and we also touch on a little bit of gambling as well. And with that being said, I think Paul has some odds that we want to touch on here for uh, the NFL draft. Paul, what you got? Yeah, so first we'll start by saying the Jaguars' win total is six and a half, so I guess we're going over. Oh, we're going over. over. We're riding with, we riding with Urban Meyer Trevor Lawrence. Man, they're going to win over six games. They got shit. They got okay. an extra game shit. There you go. 17-game season. All right. So, base, Key, based off, off your top ten, there's a couple bets I want to throw your way. See how strongly you feel about okay. these. So, Micah Parsons, his over-under for getting drafted is 12 and a half. So you've obviously got him in your top ten, but you feel pretty strongly under twelve and a half is a good bet there. Um, 
You got to look at who. I, I don't feel that damn strong. <laughs> look, I don't know okay. how much I bet okay. on that, Paul. Just because we okay. don't really know what the Niners going to do. The Niners going to dictate everything at number three. So, it's 50-50, man. I, I, I might not put my money on that. Okay. Okay. That's how, how I think it's maybe... going to go, but I might not put my money right. on that. Good. I appreciate the clarification. So, uh, as far as like, so Kyle Pitts though, so his over under is five and a half. Yeah. How strongly we feel about that one? Easy work. He won't if he won't get past four or five. So super strong under. Okay, I already put that bet in, so that's good to hear. Yes, sir. Uh, I'm gonna put it in tonight. Um, okay, there you go. Um, Trey Lance. So Trey Lance and Justin Fields, we'll kind of do those together because, you know, that's who the Niners have been linked to, to those two guys. So Justin Fields over under. So he's been dropping. He's now at seven and a half. Mm-hmm. And Trey Lance is over under six and a half. So you feel pretty strongly about Fields under seven and a half and Trey Lance over six and a half. Or how would you look at that from a betting perspective? Yeah, I go. I go. I like it just like that. Uh, Justin Fields under seven and a half and Trey Lance over six and a half. Okay. Okay, and a couple couple things to throw at you in non-top 10. Um, would you draft, so Devontae Smith versus Jalen Waddell. So who gets drafted first? You actually get better odds on Devontae Smith. Yeah, I think I'm going to go Devontae Smith too, man. Uh, he went too ham. He went too ham, and then he, he he's skinny, but he got that height. All, all I keep seeing is that 6'1 frame, man, and, and – if I watch the tape, it don't look 166 in my opinion. So, Rouse crazy, speed, man, crazy ball skills. I'm going Devontae Smith first. Okay. Um, and then last week you told us in our first show, um, you like Travis Etienne, um, over, under 32 and a half. So, basically, will he get drafted in the first round? First round. Uh, I like him going in the first round. Somebody going to get him with that with their second pick, 20-something, 23 to 30, somewhere around there. So, I, I like him to go in the first round. All right, and last one for you. A uh, guy you said might be, when it's all said and done, possibly the best receiver in this draft, Kadarius Toney. His over-under is 29-and-a-half. Under, under. Somebody going to get come get him too, man. He he liked that. So I ain't the only one who see it. So he ain't going the second round. He going first round. Under 29. Dope. Uh, and before we get out of here, last one to keep. Uh, who wins the draft? When we come back, and we put out a new episode on Wednesday. Who are we gonna say won the draft? Uh, I think we're gonna say the Dolphins. Huh? Why is that? They just got a lot of picks, man. They got a lot of picks, and and Flo just know what he's doing over there, man. He put together. He always make good decisions. That's why I respect Flo decisions, man. So. He gonna get he gonna get probably the 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 guy in the draft the last person standing in this draft probably gonna be Panay Sewell. You know what I'm saying? He's 20 years old, so he gonna have him he gonna have him first, mm. and I think just you know, pick after pick he just gonna rack him up. He gonna do the right thing. Brian Flores and the Dolphins have a bunch of picks. The New England Patriots have a bunch of picks after spending a a bunch of money this offseason. Big improvements in the AFC East that obviously still have uh, the Buffalo Bills on the other side of the nation, the country, uh, you have the Seattle Seahawks with only three picks going into tonight's draft. Should be a lot of fun. Hope you guys enjoy. Uh, I'll be at the crib uh, watching it. Akeem, where, where are you going to be? I'm in the studio, man. I'm in the A in the studio, Bleacher Report. We call it round one, two, and three, man. I'm live. 
Draft. Oh, that's lit. That's lit. Oh, so you get to co- you get to cover the draft, um, and you get to be in Atlanta. Two birds, one stone. <laughs> <laughs> have a have a lemon have a lemon pepper wing for me, please. For sure. <laughs> Until next time, see you guys. <laughs>